Hey, 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 closet busters and bold move makers. It is time once again for Life Uncloset. So I want you to gather around because it is time once again to kick down those closet doors of your life. We're here to escape our BS, explore our fears, and elevate our self-expression. I'm your host, Rick Clemens. I'm the bold move expert and that coming out guy who's going to take you to the party, the pulpit, the wake, and back to the party of living your life uncloset. So come on along with me and grab hold of yourself and get ready to step out, step up, and step into facing your fears, making your bold moves, and living life without apologies. Now let's get to the show. So let's get this straight. You're a gay guy. You love your life. You think you got it all going on. And you're still miserable. Now I know most of you who listen to Life Uncloseted, yes, I'm talking to you and you and you. You're going, oh, is this just going to be for the guys? Well, kind of, sort of, but I have a feeling what we're going to go into today is going to be really powerful for anyone in any part of their life who feel like they need to be more empowered. They need to let go of some crappy beliefs that are holding them back, whatever it is. Because let's be honest, if you're in the LGBTQ community, we have all got baggage that we're carrying with us because of who we are, where we came from, and the experience we've had about being out and being who we are. And who better than a former teacher, somebody who's discovered his own path, somebody who's like, I'm going to figure this out and I'm going to make it happen, than a guy who made that juxtaposition in his life. I know for some of you, that's a really big word, but big change in your life. I know juxtaposition is like, what the fuck is that word? Um, but um, a guy who I just had the privilege of meeting, he's a fellow coach. And I just felt like, you know what? Just his liberated living brand was like, okay, let's have a conversation. His name is Matthew Raymond. He's a fellow Californian. And I'm just so excited to have another coach on the show. It's been a while since I've had a coach to have like, let's have a coach to coach conversation about, well, actually we're here to just like kick gay men in the ass, so to speak, but no, we love you guys. And we want to just have a really cool conversation about life decisions and all that good stuff. So welcome to the podcast, Matthew. I'm so, so excited to have you here, buddy. Thank you so much, Rick. I am so thrilled and excited to be here. I can't wait to have this conversation with you. I well, love that you have a a podcast dedicated to this. This is a phenomenal topic to have. Well, thank you. But here's the thing. We're not going to have a conversation. I'm done. I did the intro. It's all on you now to like, take this <laughs> and run. Got it. So, <laughs> got yeah. it. Got it. <laughs> yeah. Well, hey, you live in Hollywood and you know, your husband is an actor. So I'm sure some of this is rubbed off on you. But um, yeah, let's kind of dive in. So you are a happy, just former middle school teacher and you know, things were going good. But then suddenly... You just started feeling this weird, like, hmm, not sure this what I want to be doing. So kind of take us into that. Yeah. So like you said, I was a former middle school teacher. Love teaching. I love kids, especially middle school. I love that age because they're just going through all of the messy emotions. Um, but my my last in my last year of teaching, I was at a pretty hard school. I didn't get too much support from my principal, so I kind of burned out a little bit. So I decided to leave the teaching space, and I joined a nonprofit that was still in education. We were community organizers, getting teachers involved in uh, politics, activism, advocacy, a lot of social justice work. It was great. I loved it in the beginning. 
Um, but eventually I took on a manager role. I managed my team where I was both managing and coaching. And I realized during that time, I do not have what it takes to be a good manager. <laughs> Props to all the managers out there. It is a, a gift. It is a skill. It is a talent. I really tried my hardest to be a good manager. But what I did realize is I was a really good coach. And what was bringing me the most joy, what fulfilled me the most was getting to work one-on-one -on -one with my teammates and really get deep into their emotional blocks and challenges, um, their, their life dreams and goals, everything going on in their personal lives, not so much the work stuff. Um, and so I was, I was laid off from that, from that job, from that position due to COVID um, limitations on, on the work. And I decided to do some soul searching and realized, well, if that's what I loved doing at that job, why not do it for a living? And so that's what got me into life coaching. That's awesome. You know, it's interesting when we have these moments where all the things seem to be dominoing and life seems to be handing us a, you know, a pile of crap. But then in the midst of it, we do discover that thing, that thing that's like, yeah. hey, this really lights me up. You know, and I know as I've coached people and worked with a lot of LGBTQ folks, it's so interesting to like see them like stepping up and stepping up and stepping up to the edge of that cliff, like the realization's about to happen. And then suddenly it's like, okay, yeah, life seems like it's really a pile of crap. But in the midst of that is when they find that interesting little gem that suddenly starts to shift everything. And yeah. not that I don't think Matthew and I, either one, even though to be a gay coach, you do have to have your own gay fairy wand to make all this crap happen. <laughs> but um, I see it happen a lot with any client, but there's something just very heartwarming to work in our own community and yeah. to see my fellow gay men and women like have those moments because I know yeah. so much of it can be tied to our own experience of being in the closet and then coming out of the closet and there's still holdbacks oh, that carry. Yeah. So what's something that you feel like through that experience of like, okay, here I am, I'm in the depths of my stuff. And then you suddenly start to discover this. What was a fear that came up for you that even though, okay, I think I'm finding my thing that lights me up. What was a fear that was like, but I don't know. I don't know. Was there a fear like that that showed up for you? Oh, absolutely. Yes. I was, I was Thank God you say. said yes. Cause I'm like, if he says no, <laughs> no, not at I all. I was going to, I was going to have to slap him and say, <laughs> okay, fine. But um, so yeah, talk about that a little bit, man. I'd love to hear that part. Yes. Um, so for me, the biggest fear that, that moved and led a lot of my decisions was the fear of failure. I was so risk averse. I refused to take any sort of risk because the idea that I could put myself out there, really try my hardest something, and then end up um, not getting what I wanted, not succeeding, not achieving, was just too much for me to handle. And, and through a lot of work on myself, working with my own coaches, working with therapists, um, I realized that what I had a tendency to do was make failure attached to who I am as a person. So it's not that like I, I experienced failure, but it would, it would mean that I was a failure. I was literally making my entire person wrapped up in this event rather than it being an event that I could learn from and move past and, and overcome. Right. So I really had to do a lot of work around that and get used to taking risks and force myself to take more risks, even if that meant failing. Yeah. 
but it's interesting as I'm listening to you <clears throat> and I am listening to him. I'm not tuning him out. I'm not like, okay, shut <laughs> off. He's doing good. Uh, it's interesting because I see this happen so much in our own community, but especially with gay men where the risk averse and the fear of rejection and the fear of failure yes. holds them back so much. Oh so no, much. I can't approach this guy because what if he rejects me? So he rejects you, you know, or no, I don't know if I should go for that job because well, I've got this one. At least it's a paycheck, but I don't really like it, but I'm afraid, you know, the beauty of risk, my perspective is the risk really isn't alive till you give it life. You mm -hmm. have to give it full life to make it really be risk. Now, yes, granted. Okay, I'm not going to stand on the edge of the Grand Canyon and go, I don't know. That doesn't seem like there's a lot of risk <laughs> if I step don't. over. Okay, that, you know, that's, that's like a little bit different ballgame. But it's like fear and risk are one of those things that until we give them life, they really don't exist. Yeah. But yet we tend to do that a lot. And oh, I just, I think it's interesting and I'm curious for you, when you're working with someone in that risk space, especially now that you've walked through it yourself. So yes, now Matthew walks on water. He never has any fear <laughs> oh, God, of no. risk of anything, you know, because once we, once us coaches do this stuff, we're like, you know, we're oh, golden. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's gone forever. <laughs> gone forever. Never going to see it again. But as you sit there and watch somebody else start to go through it, how much does that kind of ping you at times? Like, okay, I'm the coach, but you know, how much do you find yourself occasionally? Oh, there's the mirror. Once again, do you ever see that happen? That's a really good question. And, and what, what has happened for me is if anything, it, it gives me a greater sense of empathy for, for the individuals I work with because they'll be sharing something and I, I will have the reaction of, Oh my gosh. Yeah. That would really, that would terrify me as well. But it's this beautiful thing that because it's not happening to me, I can, I can stay stable. I'm not so wrapped up in it. My emotions aren't being triggered like theirs are. And I can, I can walk them through it and give them helpful advice. And then through the process, I'm actually also giving myself helpful advice. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, that's one of the reasons why I love working with gay men is because it's like, we're all getting healed. This is just like, this isn't a one-way street. It's, totally a two-way street. I, of course, have tools and resources I'm sharing with you, but I'm also getting a lot out of the whole experience. Yeah. And it is, it's one of those things that the more we lean into the experience, I believe any experience, the more we're all going to learn from it. Yes. As a coach, my role is to like help you see your own experience and help you see something you may not be seeing and guiding you in a way that you can finally embrace what you're most needing to embrace. But that doesn't mean I'm free and clear from like, oh, no, that's never going to happen to me. There's so many, many, many opportunities when I'm coaching that it's exactly the same thing that's happening for me. It's like, oh, wow, I didn't realize how yep. much that relates to how much I am doing in my own world. And suddenly, ah, there's the light bulb. Okay, I needed to hear this because that helps me, too. Yes. And it's such a beautiful agree. mirror. So what is something that you feel like you know, as you've coached, and this is one of those questions that I'm like, I should have given him this question, like before we came on here, <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! but that, you know, as a coach is the thing that you see reflected 
over and over and over again to yourself from your clients that you're like, oh, yep, that's something I got to work on. So to give you time to think on, I'm going to share one of mine. Sure. Because it happens a lot. And for me, it's the patience to not get frustrated if I'm not where I need to be. Cause I mm. see so many clients like, well, but I, I should have got this done and I should have had, you know, and this got it. I'm like, well, what would happen if you were a little more patient or you gave yourself some mm. grace or you allowed yourself to say, Hey, this is where I'm at. And this is okay. This is where I'm supposed to be. Because it's such an interesting reflection back to me. Cause I can be a real hard ass on myself to go slow down, just slow yeah. down. And anytime that shows up, it's so funny, Matthew, because when it shows up with a client, I feel like I'm just eating my dog food. Yep, there it is. <laughs> yeah, you need to slow down, buddy. And it's the one consistent, which, you know, I don't remember if it's Maya Angelou or somebody, Oprah or somebody that says that lesson's going to keep showing up and it's going to keep showing up. It's going to keep showing up until you learn it. And it's so powerful uh, to see yeah. that. So, okay. Yeah. So now you've had all that time to think, even though you've been listening to me, but is there something that does show up <laughs> that have. you go, Hmm, yeah, that's me. Yes. I think the thing that shows up for me pretty consistently that I hear from a lot of the clients I work with is doing things for yourself rather than for everybody else. And like to do it because it means something to you rather than like how others are going to perceive you. I think this, this came up for me a lot as I just started coaching. It was like, okay, I, I, I'm, I took this risk. I'm, I'm putting myself out there. Now it has to be successful. I have to be a great coach. I have to make this impact on everybody's life and everybody I talk to. And then I would, I would have sessions with clients and be like, oh my gosh, I'm doing, I'm doing it again. I'm literally like not actually thinking about what is right for me, what is in alignment with, with my values and my mission but I'm doing it for the perception. Um, and I think a lot of gay men, that's, uh, that's a lot of our work is, is we, have, we have this constant awareness of how others are perceiving us. And I think that that's what causes a lot of us to shrink ourselves or to act um, that's in a way that's not according to our values. And that's something that I do fairly regularly. And I, it's something I'm constantly trying to learn and work on. Yeah. And as you work on it, is there something that you go, okay, I'm going to do this, but I'm going to stick to it. Cause I know for me, the patience thing, and I have done this. <clears throat> so I know I'm getting better at it. Every time this patience thing show up and maybe it's cause maybe for me, it's because I had a stroke a couple of years ago. So I'm like, okay, time to slow down, quit being mm. like this. But every time the patience thing shows up for me, I'm like, okay, here's the one thing I'm going to do. Every day, I'm going to take at least five minutes. And I know folks is going to sound like that's it, but I'm going to take five minutes and just be completely still and patient about everything that's going on in my life and just slow mm. down because yes. it's the one thing that I sometimes do have to force myself into. And it's the one time that when I do that, I suddenly feel my whole world like literally like just go into stillness kind of feel that yeah because i've stopped and paused and 
of course, then 30 minutes later, I'm on a coaching call. I'm like, okay, go there. <laughs> right, <laughs> you know? right, 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 right. But it's such a fascinating thing when it can be the simplest stuff we allow ourselves to do. Often is, yeah. That makes all the difference in the world. So I'm curious, as you've worked with your clients, but predominantly gay men, what is a consistent pattern? And this guy's, if you're listening, well, hopefully you are listening. We haven't like scared you away already. But what's something really consistent that you found with gay men that seems to be like a big struggle? in general? Yeah. I mean, in general, it is how do we get rid of that internalized shame? And like, are we enough? Am I enough that at least I had and almost every gay guy I talked to before coming out of the closet. And I I don't know, I I, I felt kind of tricked. I was like, well, wait, I'll come out and I'll be good. But that's not what happens. Like we come out and we still carry with us this this internalized shame and the, the negative self-talk. And I think especially in social situations, like gay men can be really hard on other gay men. And yeah. it's, it's difficult to be in a community, where, in, a, in a gay, predominantly gay male community, because it, it almost feels like we're, I'm back at the playground and I have to like fight tooth and nail for my status, to be accepted, to be worthy, to be enough. Um, and again, that's where that perception thing comes in. And so something very simple, like the example you gave that I like to come back to is I, I have a mantra that I say, which is, I don't have to do anything. Mm. I, there's nothing I have to do in order to be enough or to be worthy. I just got to be me. Really like that. But it is also that piece that you just brought up about that internalized shame, which I never had any. So I don't know what's wrong with you bitches. I, <laughs> I, was, I was good, you know? No, yeah, let's see, 36 years old, finally decided to come out of the closet and all that stuff. Mm. But it was, it was such an interesting journey to walk through that shame. And there was even years after I came out, as I battled through divorce and parents and people who knew me, and I'm like, all I did was carry the shame. Like, okay. Mm-hmm. And then once I started showing up in our community and I agree with you, gay men love you dearly guys, but we can be the biggest bitches in the world and we yeah. can be the most brutal and cruel people in the world. Just, just hop on any of the apps. And I know I'm preaching to the choir. <laughs> yeah. mm, all you got to do is get on an app for, you know, if you really don't want to feel good here, let me tell you, go to scruff, go to grinder, go, you know, <laughs> We can get you into depression in like five minutes in a little quick. Yeah. But it was so interesting to watch myself walk through, okay, the shame of, okay, I did this. I really hurt this woman and Mm. I didn't live my truth. And then suddenly I'm in the gay community and it's like, okay, well, I don't really live up to their standards because, oh, I'm the guy who's had, you know, my, my dick's been in a pussy. Oh my God. You're, you're not really gay then. I'm like, really? Right. Okay. So now I'm shameful about that. And then, okay, well then I, you know, I wasn't like the best guy in the world. Cause I screwed around all the time when I was married. Oh, so you're one of those, well, you're, you're a cheater. So now I've got the shame of the cheat. I mean, it was just, and then suddenly like you, one day I got to that place where it's like, I'm just, I'm going to be me. If yeah. that's not good enough for you, I, that's on you. It's not on me. And I wasn't coming, I wasn't coming from the place. Well, I probably did. I know I did come from the place of being an asshole at first about it. But then I was like, no, I, I really want to just be me and unapologetically be me. 
And I kind of want you to be that same way. Now, the reason I put a kind of in there, guys, is because not everybody in the world, I wanted to kind of be unapologetic. And there's, there's, you know, a certain 45 that know that, that he doesn't get that blessing and uh, a certain party that doesn't get much of that blessing either. But um, it's, it's such an interesting space when you can finally grab hold of your shame, grab hold of your own self-worth and have a conversation with it yeah. and realize the only thing keeping you from being really confident and really loving yourself is you. Yeah. Plain and Absolutely. simple you. Now that doesn't mean you can't hear all the noise, you know, and it never goes away. No, it's it never goes there. away. No, no. Matthew lives in Hollywood and he, he, when he wants to go Ooh. get real tortured, he's just going to go down to WeHo and go, just, okay, well, bitches. I, I live right next to Runyon Canyon. I call it the runway. I uh, okay. stand outside I'm sure, of the corner I, yeah. and watch. Mm -hmm. Oh, good Lord. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's like his own version of RuPaul's runway constantly. <laughs> no makeup required for that place. Trust me. So, um, but it is so interesting to see what we do to ourselves. Yes. Unnecessarily. Unnecessarily. Why do you think we do this? Mr. Coach? Cause this is where I'm I, like, Rick's going to shut up, have a cigarette. No, I don't smoke, but you know, I'm going to let you him know, take over here. It's, it's a really good question. I I'm, it's obviously going to be different for everybody. But my, my best guess from, from the men that I've talked to is we grew up, we experienced a certain amount of trauma not fitting in at school, um, not, not making it onto teams, not being in with any groups, making a lot of friends, definitely not popular. Um, and so we are trying to heal that wound as an adult. Yeah. And some men heal that wound by becoming the most, the most everything, the best right. everything. Like right. I'm going to be the most attractive. I'm going to have a six pack all year round. I'm going to be tan. I'm going to make a lot of money. I'm going to be super masculine. And I'm going to become the man that rejected me when I mm -hmm. was younger. I'm going to yep. be the cool guy. And that's how they try to heal their childhood trauma. Right. But I, I, I don't know. I don't think it actually does the trick. I don't think it's actually healing mm. you because you're for most men, some men are genuinely like that, but I feel like a lot of them are pretending and they're right. not allowing themselves to be who they really want to be. I have seen that over and over again. I've seen it actually in myself. Um, I have the other podcast with most, which most of the listeners know about the 40 plus gay men, gay talk. And I remember going into that one. It was originally for all men. And then suddenly there was like this realization, like, you know what, all the guys that are showing up for the chat that I do once a month, they're the gay guys. And then I'm starting to like, look at kind of the downloads and I'm getting like these accolades from guys that are listening. I'm like, well, this is interesting. It's all gay men. So why am I doing this like 40 plus real men, real talk thing when it seems to be all gay men that are listening mm. to this. And so as I decide to switch it over, I'm like, well, let's do, you know, you, you know how to do this, Rick. You do podcasts for, you know, Life Uncloseted. You know, let's, you just keep doing the same sort of thing. And then one day I got on there and I said, okay, bitches, we're going to get real here. And I literally said that. I'm like, <laughs> wow, that felt really good. And, and I'm like, yeah. okay, so like, you know, and suddenly, and most of those shows now on that podcast are just me behind the microphone because I'm a Leo and I have to have the spotlight. So there we yes. go. I'm going I'm I'm to command my diva hood right there. But it's interesting when you give yourself that permission to just go be oh, yes. and just to show up, even as we're recording this today, I just, 
I know I'm just showing up. I'm not mm-hmm. like, okay, this has to be the best goddamn podcast I'm doing today. It just has to be what it is. Uh, yeah, I yeah. hope it's good. I hope we have fun. You know, you know, Matthew's kind of like weighing it down. He's not delivering here, but <laughs> <clears throat> see, we can have that kind of fun too. But um, it is such an interesting space that I believe so many of us gay men reside in. And if we don't heal that wound, and this isn't meant to sound catty and bitchy, but if we don't try to heal that wound, unfortunately, that's on us. Yes. And the more we let other people put the salt on that wound, that's also on us. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to take Matthew into a therapy session after we're done here, because Woo! if he's spending all his time looking at the Runyon Canyon runway <laughs> and going into that shameful place, he needs to heal. But don't worry. She's in therapy. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> but this is an interesting conversation to dive into because whether we deal with it or we don't, it's still pain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I found so many gay men. That's a interesting concept for them to struggle with. Well, if I pretend like everything's good, then I experience some happiness, but there's pain there. Oh yeah. But if I don't deal with what's not good, there's pain there. Yet let's deal with all of it mm-hmm. because the shutting down and not doing anything is not what's going to help us. So as no. you work with gay men, <clears throat> if you see somebody like, quote unquote, shutting down, so to speak, or not being willing to dive into the work and not being willing to like, okay, I'm going to go confront the mountain. What do you do with that? Because it's, I know it's a challenge, but I've been there too, but I'm curious as a fellow coach, what do you do with that? It is a challenge. Um, I like to approach that situation first and foremost, with a lot of empathy and like validating the fact that this is hard. So it shouldn't, it shouldn't feel easy. Mm-hmm. Um, but I like to ask a lot of like curiosity questions. Like what, what are you afraid of in this moment? Like mm. what is the thing that you envision is going to happen when you do this? Yep. And why is, why is that vision scary? And to something that you had said earlier, um, I think for a lot of people, it, we don't just carry around the fear of what bad thing can happen. We also carry around a fear of like, well, what, what if the good thing happens? What if I no longer have this narrative and this story to, to live behind? And, and now I have all this openness and, and possibility. I don't know what to do with that. Mm-hmm. And so possibility I, I like is scary. It is. It's, a, it's very scary. It's like we, 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 the, the things that we're comfortable with and we know, even if they're bad, at least we know them. Yeah. It's like sitting on the comfy couch, you know, yeah. if I, if I get off the comfy couch and I go that direction, I'm not sure what's over there, but what's mm-hmm. so ironic is even if you sit on the comfy couch, you still don't know what's over there sitting from here where you're sitting. There's nothing yeah. in life that's certain. And that's not to scare the crap out of anybody. But it's like when you really grab a hold of that concept that nothing in life is certain, then why wouldn't you just go do whatever you're going to do? Exactly. Again, that doesn't mean go to the Grand Canyon, stand on the edge and go, oh, I wonder what will happen. That <clears throat> could be walk down, you know, Santa Monica Boulevard in WeHo and go, let's just see what happens if I just act like nothing bothers me. Oh, what a surprise. 
maybe you'll quit prejudging yourself. Maybe you'll quit, you know, yeah. letting whatever anybody else is looking at. I remember being in WeHo. I used to come to WeHo quite often, not because I was a big hoe, but because I was meeting with clients <laughs> and I always would, you know, there were certain Starbucks and, you know, places I would meet. I even, I even coached in the Abbey a couple of times. So I felt like that was such a spiritual experience to be coaching somebody <laughs> in the middle of the Abbey. But um, yeah. it's so interesting to watch the dynamic of when you have somebody who is just being themselves walking down the yes. street and somebody who's being who they think they need to be. Yes. It's so different. It's completely different. And I would watch my clients come up for their session and I could see them, you know, cause I usually would be sitting outside, you know, watching them and watch them walking down the street on Santa Monica from their work or their apartment or wherever they parked. And you could almost tell there was like this, okay, I have to, you know, be the certain way, you know, and then we'd do our session and we'd have a good talk and we'd have a breakthrough or two. And then to watch them, so to speak, sashay away, mm. a whole different like energy. That's a good session right there. Yeah. Well, because I'm a master at this, you know, it's like, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but it is an interesting thing to watch gay men do these things yet all the time, all they had to do was actually dial into themselves yeah. and be really honest with themselves. It's like so many of us walk around all day with this image. I think, I think all of us, all gay men have an image in their mind of what the like ideal guy is or what the perfect gay guy is. Yeah. And we just spend all day long comparing ourselves to that image. And like, how are we not that image? How far are we away from that image? why don't we walk around with what's, what's the image of myself? What's the, the best version of myself that I want to be and project into the world. And let me work on that instead yeah. of this, this person that has nothing to do with me. Right. But it's so important for us to do deal with, you know, what we believe we're supposed to deal with because somebody else in our world said, this is what you have to be. This is how you have yeah. to show up, you know? Right. And um, when we let go, which I isn't, I'm not going to, again, we're not going to pull out our coaching fairy gay wands and say, poof, it's done. But when you in, give yourself permission to let go and to trust yourself, to me, that's when the ultimate magic of being who you are in the world shows up. Not saying it happens easily. I mean, there's days I no. wake up and I'm no. like, screw this. This is just not going to work for me. <laughs> Same. <clears throat> same and that's when i really wish like i wish my husband would bring me like a cappuccino in bed right then and there you know but sometimes he does if i like give him like the post-it notes all over his body before he wakes <laughs> up like this bitch needs cappuccino but um what have you enjoyed most about what you get to do you've been through i mean you've done tons of stuff you've lived in uganda you've done social justice stuff you've done amazing things but what do you feel like you've enjoyed the most now what you get to do as a coach? What I love the most about being a coach is when I see someone for whether it's the first time in their life or first time in a long time, get that moment where they do feel like they have permission to love themselves and be themselves and like let go of all of the things that's limiting them. And the way that they light up and come into themselves 
it's there's nothing more beautiful on the face of the earth like to get to see somebody recognize who they are again for the first time or for the first time in a long time seeing somebody see themselves Mm -hmm. oh it's just it i i I get emotional even just talking about it right now because it's so rare and it's so hard to hold on to that Mm -hmm. um and that's why i became a coach because everybody does every single person deserves that and not only do they deserve it but they get they do they deserve to experience that yes they really get to i don't know and you know, I joke about, you know, the, those who are of the other party and stuff like that. And I know in a way that's them seeing themselves, but I always wonder, even in all of us, is there still the shell until we've really yeah. broken through? You yeah. know, and there's days that I know I'm not seeing myself fully. I mean, oh, absolutely. absolutely. I can, I can go a whole day and like, okay, I, I haven't seen myself. And then suddenly I'll be watching something on TV or I'll get a message from one of my kids or a message from a friend. And it suddenly takes me to that space where, okay, here's where I'm supposed to have been all day long, you know? Yeah. And then suddenly things start to shift. Of course, then I look at my phone clock and it's like, well, bitch, it's time to go to bed. So I guess you'll have to enjoy that later, <laughs> you know? But uh, yeah. So as you work in this world and to kind of bring us full circle here, what would be your hope as a coach that you can have the most impact doing through working with gay men? I can support there to be a reduction in the amount of shame in our community Mm -hmm. and that more, more guys can show up their authentic selves because that will then create the space for others to show up their authentic selves. And I believe so deeply in the power of, the LGBTQ community. I think that we are all like healers and, and lovers deep down. That is our true selves just by the nature of our identities. Um, and that if, if more of us can learn to let go of the, that shame and those limiting beliefs, then we can really live up to, to that. Yeah. That's, that's a great mission simply because I, I, again, we've talked about it so much, the shame piece, is so liberating once you let it go. Yep. And by no stretch of the imagination, is it going to be a once and done sort of thing? But each time you work through it and you keep going and you work through it and you do it again and you do it again, you finally learn how to really do it. And I've worked with a couple of my clients, well, a lot of clients around this, but a couple of them come to mind as we're like talking through this in the last few minutes we have about seeing them be able to catch themselves. Yeah. Even in a coaching session, like, well, no, that's not how I want to feel about that. Mm-hmm. You know, that's like, you can almost see that what, what it was, was they started to dip their toe back into the shame of that. And then they caught themselves and they like, even their body language, it's like their shoulders roll back and their chest, you know, puffs up and, like they're trying to build, you know, trying to blow those pecs into being or something like that. But um, I do that all the time. I'm like, can I do this? If I really sit up tall, can those six packs really come out, you know? But um, it's, it's such an interesting thing to see that happen. And it's an, again, where when that happens, it usually gives me insight to where I need to puff up my chest and, and roll my shoulders back and be yep. proud of not being in that space of shame. 
as a gay man. And I, I agree with you 100%, Matthew. I, I wish that gay men in so many ways could just embrace themselves yeah, without all the other stuff that comes along with it. And then not, nothing wrong with, you know, wanting to look good and have nice no. things, all no. that sort of stuff. But that does that really truly define you? It, it shouldn't. And there's so much more than that. There's so much more than that. And again, I'm not knocking anybody that that's, you know, if that's what brings you alive, great. But as long as it's bringing you alive and you're doing you from that truest center of you, then more power yes. to you. Yeah. But I've seen too much pain and shame come from, I have to do this and do this. And, you know, yeah. I love my community a lot, but this is when the, the sex addictions, the drug addictions, all of that. Yeah. really tend to start to overshadow because for some reason you felt like if I don't do this, then I'm not going to fit in or I'm not going to be as good as I need to be and on and on and on and on On and on and on. It never ends. Yeah. And it's exhausting. And, and we deserve to to live our lives and not, not be performing our whole life. Yeah, exactly. So speaking of going on and on and on, I know Matthew and I could sit here and go on <laughs> and on and on now that we've like figured each other out and we, we've had our competition of the gay magic coach wands. The and, gay wand. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I just so glad you showed up today and shared yourself. Uh, you can learn more about Matthew at liberatedlivingcoaching.com. Um, you know, you don't want him until you you know if i'm not available then feel free to go <laughs> go to him first but yeah, Rick um, first, I mean, Rick first. yeah i'm kidding i'm kidding <laughs> that's the beauty and that, that's another piece real quick before we do wrap up that's the beauty of so many of us being in this world doing what we do not everybody's yeah. going to be the perfect match for everybody no and there's going to be times where you know just you know listening to you that i'd be like you know what i think this client would be better for yeah. somebody like matthew you know, rarely, rarely. I'm going to just be, you know, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. No, but it's so true. Like we're not, you and I are not in competition. I want, I, you are doing the good work that I'm trying to do. And so as if you're successful, then I'm successful because we're both well, working and, towards the And I'm mission. old enough to be his daddy. So, you know, I need somebody, <laughs> I, I need somebody to take over the, like, you know, the reins <laughs> when this you know, dynasty dies, so to speak. So, but, um, yeah, no, it is. And it's such a beautiful opportunity when we get, when we can find the way to like, see that in, in our coaching community too. And like, yep. Hey, this doesn't have yep. to be a competition. Let's like, when all we do this and all boats rise sort of thing. Exactly. So, anyway, well, thank you again for being here and sharing yourself and um, you, you cut the mustard. Maybe we can have you back again. <laughs> Some other time too. So um, I was you know. honored. I loved it. I had so much fun, and I really loved getting to know you more and having this conversation. This is this is literally the best. I lo- I could do this all day. Cool. And you read that script, that last script part, really yes, well. Yes. Yes. Oh, thank good, you for good, good, like good. Okay. really memorizing that last line about how wonderful <laughs> Rick is. So, uh, but anyway, I appreciate you. And if you want to touch base with Matthew, all the information will be on the website. Again, Liberated Living Coaching. And um, really do like take advantage of the opportunity to let shame go and go live your life. So thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good week. Hey, 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 Life Uncloseted family. Another episode of Life Uncloseted has come to an end and it is time for all of us 
to sashay away and go face our fears, make those bold moves, and stand up to living our life without apology. But before you do, I've got a favor to ask of you. Would you hop over to iTunes or Spotify or Podbean or wherever it is that you're listening to this and just give us a little bit of love if you like what we're doing here at Life Unclogged. Here's what it does. It helps other people find the show. It helps other people get to know what we're all about. And you just might help change your life. In fact, if you really want to change your life, we'd love it if you just ask a friend to take a listen and see what they think. So that's it. Love you all deeply. I'm Rick Clemens, the host of Life Uncloseted. And never stop stepping out, stepping up, and stepping in to living your life uncloseted.